girls I join Hello, Miss Amarin. How are you today? I'm doing awesome. We are in a snowy, snowy world, like a little snow globe over here. So I'm just happy as a clam. Uh, I too am in a snow globe, but like literally in it, uh, there is, I found snow underneath my doorways inside of my house on my floor this morning, despite having like a, a screen door as well. And, or I found it there yesterday morning and it just stayed there all day. It never melted. There's just active snow on my floors. Hey, you know, that's honestly very earthy way to really lean into your connection to the outside (laughs) world. Uh, Maybe a little too too far. Um, Yeah, that sounds very cold, Jesse. I guess, you know shouldn't time time stamp too much but i i do know that we are in like the coldest winter that has happened in the u.s and sometimes so i believe believe that's probably not too out of time to say <laughs> only we'd listen to al gore he told us this would happen oh he did but global warming's not not a thing so i, just, I see no evidence <laughs> yeah i will i won't believe it until i see it hang on while i sweep up the snow in my living room <laughs> yes i'm sure the group we are talking to today has nothing, no weird, no weird sort of beliefs or ideologies um, <laughs> at all. So that's going to be the craziest thing we talk about for sure. I can't wait to hear all their weird. Yeah, you guys, I can't wait to hear all your weird beliefs and ideologies. Bring them. All right. In the meantime, we're going to talk about other people's weird beliefs and ideologies, which we're into. So without further ado, and are you ready for today's cult of cults? I couldn't be more ready for today's cult of cults. <laughs> okay, and this is I'm, the, this, I'm very excited. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure what. Who are we talking about today? Well, okay, so I'm going to give you. Uh, this is actually. I'll get into it. I'm going to give you a math equation. I'm going to have you follow. You swap. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. Do I need a scratch pad? No scratch pad. If you need a scratch pad, go ahead. Get get yourself ready. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Here's your math problem. <clears throat> okay. Middle class self help club plus too many Roman numerals plus secret <laughs> sex cult. Equals what? Nexium. <laughs> oh, the Roman numerals killed me. I was like, there it is. I wasn't. I honestly yeah. could have gone anywhere with the first hint. Right. And then we really refined it down and then confirmed with really the third. Really honed it in. Yeah. Wow, what an equation. Honestly, masterwork. Yes. Very good. Thanks. Thank you. I'm known for my math skills. So everybody knows that about me. If there's one thing people say about me. It's how much I love math. It's how much you love math and how incredibly good you are at it. Right. Okay, so welcome to our discussion on Nexium. Uh, Amarin, I assume because you are a person who is interested in this kind of thing, and this is forefront in the news right at this moment, you have some awareness, thoughts and feelings, you want to throw those out at the top, and then we'll get into the background and such. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I Nexium is a weird, weird little cult. Um, it is it's at this point been totally seized by the government, right? Is that correct? We don't have any there's like, they've taken over all like holding. Yeah, they have all their, yes, all their resources. And I think that they're not even allowed to use their quote curriculum. However, they do have hardcore followers remaining. Okay. All right. So, of course, they do have the followers and we know the churches and the people. So let's keep that in mind. But that being said, um, Nexium, to my understanding, is sort of like a it's definitely a sex cult. It is a if you know about the vow, um, the vow has to do with Nexium, correct? Um, They made like a whole thing about about the entire deal Um, there. 
is a lot. So it's a sex cult. And unfortunately, there's also a lot of sexual abuse on the other end of that, if I am not mistaken. Um, and that's what makes it a sex cult and not a sex fun. Right. That's kind of the line there for sure. And they were pretty into, if I remember, um, some of the, one of those big hallmarks about cults that we've talked about in the past. And um, that is the like sitting people down and have and like learning their secrets kind of thing, if I'm not mistaken, a very intimate like connection moment there. And then it kind of became like a very high control group. Yes. Very in like insidious sort of connection where it's like, I know bad things about you and you can't go anywhere. And also we're abusing you. So my understanding is very much like the after effects and the punishments for the bad things that they did, which means we're kind of in a great place for you to tell me about the motivations for the bad things that they did. Because all I know is that they got to some pretty evil places. I'm assuming it didn't just start in the depths of hell. Well, they didn't start out in great places, but it wasn't as bad as it ended. <laughs> so we'll start there. Um, <laughs> well, so we'll just start with Keith Ranieri himself, who is the uh, for sure undisputed leader of this group. Um, he strikes me as like a fairly unremarkable person and uh, and was a fairly unremarkable child. But but he touts himself as having been a genius, uh, a concert level pianist, a, a a sports enthusiast, a man about town, a Renaissance man. Um, uh, and he, one of the things he touts himself, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but he touts himself as having the highest IQ in the world, which actually he has like an odd little footing in. There was like a magazine or article that ran an IQ test in a magazine. If you've ever had an IQ test, it does require a professional and a standard. It's not usually magazine based. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah, no, that is correct. Uh Um, Surprisingly, because you'd think you could judge things on magazine tests. So there's a magazine test in like the mid eighties about your IQ. And he took the test and he got, according to the magazine, he got one of the highest scores in the magazine test, which was like 48 questions and uh oh no and, 48 and, and then it they put it for reasons i'll never understand i guess because they wanted to sell shit they put it in the uh yeah 48 questions i know iq tests take like half a day yeah um, for, for those of us that aren't nerds that have looked into the iq test or know anything about it there's a lot it takes a long time to do an iq test it certainly is not 48 questions you ever if you've ever taken one of those like personality tests where it's like 26 yeah, no, pages it, right it's like it's that like but that. like four times the longer so the idea yeah. that you could do it in 48 is truly fantastic it is fan 48 questions and you're being you're the smartest man in the world you're the smartest man in the magazine but strangely they published it in the fucking guinness book of world records so he does have this weird little childhood they 1980s what? yeah smartest people in the world according to this magazine you know it makes me frankly it makes me question the guinness book of world records which i thought <laughs> it was i was, was just gonna be a cold day in hell whenever i begin <laughs> to question the guinness book of world records and you know what here it is one of the coldest days in the u.s and i am in shock wow here we are you can't base your life belief systems on the guinness book of world records you thought you could that's too bad. Magazines are out. The Guinness Book of World's Records. Who is going to hold us accountable for our standards of intelligence? Uh, you know, when I went to college, I tried to tell them that my magazine ACT was 32 and they just they didn't buy it. <laughs> well, you obviously didn't go to college with Keith Ranieri. <laughs> I also didn't get into the, the, the Guinness Book. So that was the it step two I missed. Stri- this is just uh, like specific to me, but his other big claim to fame that he was taught 
was that he was talking in full sentences at the age of one, which I've heard people make fun of him for. But announcement to the world, true story. I talked in full sentences at the age of one. I never shut up. Should be a here I am hosting a podcast. Should surprise no one in the world. My mom used to take me to grocery stores to frighten old ladies because I was a little tiny baby. And they'd be like, look how cute you are. And I would be like, good day, ma'am. Oh, so and no relation to Keith? Yeah, nobody gives me secret blowjob parties. Nobody ever does that for me. Wow. Well, I mean, look, I I have had some offers, but I guess so. I guess that's on me. That's you know what? Me. Maybe maybe we'll break have to break this down with some more math because it's getting yeah. I'm getting a little lost in the equation here. Jesse. I'm sorry. I really went off on a tangent. Let me back it on up. Anywho, <laughs> he he promotes himself as very smart. I guess unlike the rest of us. Well, yeah. All right, here we go. So before that to say, like he was just always scheming. He was even like if you watch documentaries on him, he was scheming even when he was like in elementary school. He's a scheming guy, and his parents were like. Yeah, he got labeled as gifted and he really just ran with it. <laughs> like it really went oh, to his head. No. He really... <laughs> That's the dark side of the gifted program a little bit. Yeah, no, he really did. He was like, I mean, in defense of like people that are very, very smart. Um, I don't think this is generally how things go. And I'm not talking about the cult stuff. I generally, I genuinely just yeah. mean like this guy becoming very attached to the idea that he was like a smart, special boy and really rolling <laughs> off of that. I don't think that's how most people come to think of themselves as intelligent human beings. They certainly don't end up running cults all the time. That certainly is not the case. Though I was, I, you guys couldn't see this because it's a podcast, obviously. But when Jesse told me she was speaking in complete sentences at the age of one, both eyebrows did go up. I am keeping an eye on her, guys. Don't worry. I There's an early <laughs> indicator i know <laughs> <laughs> i'll see you all on my throne <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yep. yes ought to a great start rumbling and bumbling <laughs> anywho okay so here we go so before founding nexium ranieri back in the 90s created something called consumers byline it was a business venture that the new york attorney general accused of being a pyramid scheme based on the fact that it was shaped like a pyramid and was a scheme. So um, in 1996, he denied any wrongdoing in that, but did pay a $40,000 fine and was permanently banned from promoting or offering or granting participation in a chain distribution scheme. So he was banned from pyramid schemes, which he absolutely defied in all ways because his next Nexium is 100% a pyramid scheme. It's Again, shaped like a pyramid is your first hint. Um, in 1998, Ranieri and Nancy Salzman founded Nexium, a personal development com company offering executive success programs, um, which they called ESP, and a range of techniques for self-improvement. Ranieri claimed that its main emphasis is to have people experience more joys in their life. Uh, during Nexium seminars, students would call Ranieri and Salzman vanguard and prefect, res respectively, which is dumb. And I don't know why, like, I just, why aren't you embarrassed by these behaviors? I don't know. This one's, this one's a little tough for me because I love cool names. And if you were going to get me into a cult, I would love a cool name. However, hold on. Very important caveat here. Vanguard. That's some call of duty nonsense. Yeah. You know, that is something a 12 year old boy is like, oh, I came up with a really cool, cool name for, for a big tough guy. And it's going to be Vanguard, you know, like, come on, come on, buddy. Prefect is fine. But you, from no. what I read, he actually got it from a video game. So you're actually. Are you kidding me, yeah. Jesse? No, I'm not. That oh, was like, my goodness. OK, well, fellow. That's gamers, why it's so embarrassing. There we go. But I am deeply embarrassed for this man. Yeah, that's I'm saying. And, you know, listen, uh, full disclosure, this cult would absolutely have gotten me in 100 percent. 
then I might join it now with full knowledge of everything they've done. So, okay, back to back to what we're talking about. So it's a little little taste. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, so he figured out some stuff with his first pyramid scheme, which was um, basically that it needed to be less about reselling cheap goods and more about selling ideas, which is an endless commodity and harder to regulate. When, when you're right, you're right. That was a good idea. What That's what he teamed up with Nancy Salzman, who has a background in psychology, nursing, uh, hypnotism, and oh, the science of basically, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's its the science of manipulating people through use of language specifically. Um, oh. So- Super useful for him. So here's something interesting. The the Vow 2 just came out on HBO. Um, I watched them both. They're both super, super good. Everyone should watch them just because they're well done and, and interesting. But mm-hmm. in The Vow 2, which is all new, I had a kind of a solidified opinion of everyone involved in this. But in The Vow 2, uh, they said what I always wondered, which is that, in fact... Nancy and Keith were sleeping together at first, which explains Ah. Nancy's subsequent behavior through the rest of this cult, because she's such a fucking just wet towel walk on top of me. Yes, you can bang my daughters. I will help you with all this nasty shit you're doing. Uh, and I'll just sell and sell and sell to please you. And I was always like, what the fuck is she getting out of this other than like some money, which she could make doing other things. (sighs) Yeah, no, it's because he slept with her. And when she was newly divorced and she wanted him to like her and then he stopped banging her forever. So he basically like negged her and Uh then she just followed him around and hand fed him children, including her daughters, because then he'd keep liking her and she'd keep being fucking validated, which is the opposite of everything you're supposed to do. Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, that's a thumbs down for me. This is like the Nazis thing. You can't. Kind, I mean, you know, this. I mean, it's not like it. It's the same for me. The child abusers, they uh, can't be cool with them, guys. I, I don't think this is. I don't think we need to say that out loud. But good God, don't feed them. Don't fuck them. Stop it. Don't don't do that. Stop doing yeah. that. It's not worth it. There are other men that want to have sex with you, ma'am. So many other men. Certainly, newly divorced women. They're like, get out there. <laughs> I mean, out there. I assure you, they're literally standing on street corners. They are waiting for you mm-hmm. and in mass. Okay. That's all. Yep. That's all. Let's, we can move you on from that, but an important message for all of our newly divorced friends. There are different men out there for sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Truly girls. It's true. I just, let's take a moment and pause girls. There's someone better for you. Sometimes when I was in the depth of depths of my own divorce, and then we'll get back to the topic at hand. And I was like, totally just fully hung up on, my ex-husband, because, you know, he was the father yeah. of my child and he was my husband and he was like publicly humiliating me by cheating on me. It was horrible. And so I was laser focused on getting his approval because it felt so fucking bad to have it thrown back at me like that. Mm-hmm. Right. But I say that mm. to say I would drive down the street and I would see like some actual man experiencing homelessness on the side of the street. And I would think some girl can't eat right now because that dude won't call her back and that's true every Mm -hmm. guy sleeping on the corner with a fake i'm a vet sign give me a candy bar some girl can't get over him because he fucked her and didn't call her back Uh and so it's no different for me right and the guy that i'm obsessed with this is what i'm telling you ladies they're all just the homeless guy on the street corner 
That's the message. They're yeah. yeah. They're just now. Yeah. I don't even mean that about men. And I'm not trying to trash men. I just mean like whoever you're hung up on, he's that irrelevant to somebody else. That's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. The mm-hmm. yeah. It's all contextual. You got to get the messages. Or <clears throat> for me, the big message was that I learned was you got to get a little space from the situation. Think about it with new new eyes until you're not all emotionally activated and stimulated yeah. and love drunk or whatever it is that's going on and then take a deep breath and then you'll figure out things are okay and then what you got to do is you got to put on that princess diana black dress you got to yeah. get your little yeah. booty out of the bar or the, the den if you don't drink you know to the, the restaurant and you will find out real quickly that it's all good it's all good you know and and doubly so if you're in a sex cult and doubly so if you're in a sex cult, everything is probably returning to, to neutral for a while until the government cracks your ass wide open. Yeah. The definition of a guy leading a sex cult is a guy who otherwise can't get laid. Oh, yes. That was we a perfect agree on that. that all was right. A back to one. the back to Nexium. Just us <laughs> roasting Keith. This whole episode is just us putting in digs that we are setting up to pull down at Keith. <laughs> Listen, I've just really had it with him. All right. By 2003, which... Let's do math. That was 20 years ago at this point. By 2003, 3,700 people had taken part in ESP classes. So this was a quickly growing uh, business, right? And a successful business. And I would argue, uh, I don't have to argue it. Many, many people went through the classes and said they had great uh, times, great learning experiences. This is where I say I absolutely would have joined this cult. Yes. So a lot of their members were high up in government positions, high up in um, financial positions. So a little list of people they had here, the former Surgeon General of our country, uh, Enron executives, the daughter of former Mexican President Vicente Fox, they are big in Mexico as well, uh, Richard Branson, um, and then particularly Edgar Bronfman, who is uh, the heir, his daughters are the heir to his fortune, which is the Seagram fortune, right? Seagram whiskey. Yeah, it's a whole lot of money. Um, so he's got all these rich and successful people coming through pretty quickly, which is super smart because that lends you validity. It lends a draw. Other people want to be around these successful people, you know, and on top of that, now you've got rich people that want to like probably invest in your in your company because your company's a cult and you're really good at manipulating people. So pretty quickly uh, in 20, in 2006, Forbes published an article about the Bronfman sisters stating that they had taken out a line of credit to loan Nexium $2 million repayable through personal training sessions and phone consultations with Salzman. $2 million for phone calls with Nancy Salzman, who's just excited about Keith Ranieri's D and, and some personal training sessions, two mil, a cool two mil. Bronfman sisters in her back in her back can I just say I will happily talk on the phone I'm not good at talking on the phone for anyone that needs it for that for that ticket even half I'll do half 50 percent half you want to call right now user it could be you caller on the line dear god that's a lot of money Jesse yeah well it's nothing compared to uh what happened next which is that uh, so the Brofman sisters are, in fact, loyal to Keith Raniere to this day. They have become, unfortunately, literally shells of themselves. You see footage of them when they went into this decades ago. And they're young, healthy girls who were looking for a way to use their money responsibly. They understood that they had a huge fortune. They wanted to do some good in the world. They unfortunately joined a cult. 
um, and and he sucked them dry. He uh, over the years, obviously, let's not forget that he's the smartest man in the world. Uh, he borrowed sixty five million dollars from them to trade on the stock market. Lost it all. Oh, forgot for that was so shocking for a second. I forgot that I had to audibly react because no, again, no one can see my face. I was like, it was like, oh boy. And then I realized I needed to say something. Wow. Yeah. He lost $65 million of not his money trying to trade it, which is odd for the smartest guy in the world. That is really odd. But the good news is that in just 34 phone sessions, they can make that money back. Enough, enough jokes. Cameron, equally good at math. Uh, in 2008, the Bruffman sisters allegedly pressured Stephen Herbitz, a confidant of their father, to ask Albany Co- County District Attorney David Soares, uh, New York Governor Elliot Spitzer, and New Jersey Attorney General Ann Milgram to begin criminal investigations into Nexium's critics. So this is when things start to really turn. Up until 2008, uh, or, or right thereabouts, probably a little bit before that, the company really was a growing company. I, I think that they had, obviously, ma- manipulative tactics from the first, but I also think that... I mean, again, I don't think it. This is the case. They were a company built on a self-help program that they were developing in, into a curriculum in real time. There's nothing new under the sun. The The curriculum wasn't like new and amazing ideas, but they're useful ideas. A lot of what they did was useful stuff to a point. They overdid it as cults do. Um, but, but they were just creating like a useful thing. It was it a pyramid sales scam. Yes, it absolutely was because you had to go higher. You had to keep s- the, the programs were extremely expensive, thousands of dollars to take each class. And the classes were literally endless. Right. Um, but so to pay for them, you would get into the selling structure and move right up just like it's Mary Kay. Right. You'd get, you know, people you'd bring in people underneath you and you'd make percentages of what they sell. And then they'd bring in. So it's it's a, an actual pyramid scheme selling these ideas, which was the problem with it. Um, but I, Keith Ranieri is a one trick pony. He loves a pyramid. This man, he's so smart. He's so smart that he knows the only shape you should mess around with is a triangle. That's it. Who doesn't Who doesn't know that is what yeah. I'm saying. As someone that once uh, for one and a half months distributed for Young Living, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who talked when they were a year old, I also get it. <laughs> <laughs> we are just a, cl- we are a class of great minds here. The yeah. two of us and Keith, we all get it. We're smart. You're people. welcome, world. You're welcome. Um, so the World Ethical Foundation Consortium. Let me say this again. It's quite a title. The World Ethical Foundations Consortium, an organization co-founded by Ranieri and the Bronfman sisters, sponsored a visit to Albany by the Dalai Lama in 2009. Initially, the Dalai Lama canceled because he heard some bad press about how Keith was like banging a lot of his uh, subjects. But surprise, the Dalai Lama is also influenced by larger and larger checks, and they paid him enough to come out uh, and talk about getting some real legitimacy when the Dalai Lama comes to your house, you really, you really buff up your your cult leader status and your cult following. So that worked out really well for them. I just let me say it one more time: the World Ethical Foundations Consortium. They named their own organization this, and none of those words mean anything. Sorry, no, they don't. Ahead. Yeah, no, that's part of. That's why I keep saying it. Nothing like I like and I'm I'm a bit of a linguist, not to brag, but um, but it's quite funny for me because like the only word that actually has a real meaning there is is ethical, right? And without context or further qualification, it doesn't have a meaning. So it's literally just like we're a bunch of businesses. Like if you directly translate this, is like 
a international group of businesses who do stuff with some thought towards it ethically question mark under what a standard you know like what what is what is ethical by our standards yeah so i was going to say this later but i'll just say it now because it folds into our conversation uh keith ranieri promoted himself very publicly as being two things which he which he put out as rock hard solid truth and all of his followers followed students and all of their stuff he's the smartest man in the world he has the highest iq on record IQ never actually released, but he did win that thing in the 80s for the magazine. Highest IQ on record, smartest man in the world. And true story, also, he is the most ethical man in the world. Those are the two things that he is. Ethical man in the world? That's not possible. Some might argue that in saying it, you take away your own status. That's what I. That's why I was saying that's not possible. <laughs> like, I don't know how you could. I'm the most, the most, the preeminent ethics man. Which is sort of unethical to claim, but nobody comes near him, so it's fine. Um, No. So um, calling himself the world's most most ethical man, which was his favorite title for himself besides the smartest, uh, was just part of his gig. He he therefore started the World Ethical Foundation's Consortium. Um, And so when I was seeing this information, I was laughing to myself, obviously, and I was thinking to myself, he might as well just get like a white t-shirt and a Sharpie and write ethical on it and then just wear it around, right? For all the context and meaning that it has, right? And they constantly talk about ethics. Um, everything that they do is based around the word ethics, right? Oh, you had an ethical breach because you did something I didn't like. Um, and so I, I was thinking to myself, they should just get t-shirts and Sharpie the word ethics on them for all the weight and meaning that they're giving to this word. They just love the word and it has no, they never define it. Right. So I'm thinking that to myself, this is right. Yeah. And I look up at the HBO screen and, and someone is standing on the uh, Nexium stage wearing a tank top that in gold letters says ethics. No, they are not. That's all it says. They all have shirts that just say ethics. I thought it was a funny joke. It was a real thing. Unfortunately, that's going to have to be the one of the first cults I would join uh, T-shirt designs is just going to have to be ethics in a scroll <gasps> on the teeth. That's so funny, Jesse. I, I need that shirt so bad. OK, that's all. We're, wow. That's going to have to be like the cover art for our next season is us wearing those T-shirts. I agree. It's truly that funny. Just ethics or like world's most ethical women um, or woman. And we can all wear it. I'm not getting that as a t-shirt. I'm getting it as a tramp stamp. Oh, you're right. <laughs> okay. All right, friends. We've got matching tats and shirts planned for the next year. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Don't turn your dials away. I'm getting ethics in Times New Roman Ooh. right at the base of my back, right over my ass. Mm. Get ready to want me, gentlemen. Yeah, I don't think you're going to need to be involved in any cults, if you know what I mean. You're going to have easy going with it from there. (laughs) Once you get the old ethics tram stamp, you're so an open door, baby. (laughs) (laughs) No more trying for me. All right. So let's move into uh, Nexium's belief systems and kind of their, their overall culture. So... Here's the thing with Nexium. Um, they actually did not ever incorporate as a religion. 
which is odd for cults. Usually they go for that tax break, but they, they didn't want to be tied to that. They wanted to be seen as scientists as opposed to religion people, which isn't a bad idea. Um, they believed that their curriculum was such that they believed that it was scientifically based, even though they just made it up or stole it from like psychology 101 books. Um, and, but, but they, they considered it to be scientific as opposed to just ethereal and spiritual. That's fine. Good for them. Whatever. Uh, so they did not ever call themselves a religion. They called themselves the company, which is sort of transparent given that their goal was to make money. Um, let's see. Here is, I'm going to read you their mission statement because it's also a bunch of words that don't have any backing. Nexium embodies a set of consistent and universal principles in which all humans can participate. These principles, apart from any mystical or religious notions, allow for life to persist and uphold a diversity of beliefs. Look for the meaning in any of these senses. By creating a new understanding, we can actualize our potential to live and work together and consequently bring human existence to a whole new level. Yet, this cannot be done without first raising human awareness, fostering an ethical humanitarianism, and celebrating what it truly means to be human. And this is our mission. Wow. I didn't hear a single word that meant a single thing. And I was really listening, friends, but I couldn't determine meaning. I like the use of experience. Um, I like the way that they sort of just like, gosh, wow. Yeah. It's all filler words. I don't know what they're about. It's all filler words. I don't know what they want. I don't think I need to go into that. I was just going to say the tough thing is that because of the way that the class system works in this country with vocabulary that like... (laughs) Those those words are like so big, some of them, that it sounds like they mean something important. Right. But really, the education cutoff is the reason that people could be. I see like I almost made it into a whole thing, but we're just going to recall. Let's pull that back. Let's save that for later. We're putting it back in the box. Unfortunately, my IQ really keeps me from appreciating this statement. It's a real mm-hmm. my IQ is a real cock block in this episode and in real life. It's unfortunate, but, you know, I just can't grasp these complex, heady topics today. <laughs> All right. So a couple of things about their culture. And and I would say yes to all of these. I would be totally into this. The first thing is the Nexium flip. So this is where um, and any any you can go to hippy dippy processing groups all over the country and the world and get this exact same um, conversational ditty. But it's called they call it the Nexium flip, which is uh, you say something to me that I don't like. And rather than like, like you're like, Jesse, I, I feel like yesterday you were being really manipulative with me. And rather than me going, let me sit with that and ask you why and, and be straightforward with you, I would say to you, why would you make it mean that? Why would you take that oh. on to why do you want to hurt yourself? Which is a real thing. My ex texted me yesterday, by the way. Why do you want to hurt yourself? Oh, good. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's always condescending. Um, never good guys. So never it's called good. the Nexium flip, right? So, so that's the constant. So it's a slippery slope because that's a really useful question. A whole lot of the time, if you're in therapy, that's a really useful question. Why did you give this, this, this meaning, right? What, you know, uh, I tripped and fell when I was a kid and it made me afraid of, uh, baseball gloves. Cause that's what I fell over. Okay. Why did you give baseball gloves that meaning? that now they're a danger to Uh, you, right? How can mm -hmm. we remove that? And that would be getting down to cause, right? Then you'd be at cause. If you could figure out why the baseball glove uh, has meaning for you that it's scary, you've gotten down to the cause of your fear now, and now you can remove it from your psyche and have one less fear. That's really 
uh, nothing new, but also useful. Any therapist would use that, right? Like you, if you're afraid of baseball gloves because you tripped over one as a kid, you would go, why did you give that baseball glove that meaning? If you can get into why and how you got to that conclusion, you can then remove it. Okay, now the baseball glove is an inanimate object that is not a threat to you, right? So that's really useful. It's not a bad technique. Um, and so it's that kind of thing that they use uh, as that's all of their curriculum is, is different variations of that idea, right? Which is not new, is very common and is super useful. It's just when you get culty about it, you take it to the point that now you use it for everything and you can use it to just like gaslight the fuck out of people till nothing is fucking real anymore. Right? So it becomes not a tool, but a lifestyle. Not one of many tools in your bucket, but rather your hammer that you hammer everything with. Right. right. That makes so, sense. This is why like you don't go to therapy and then stop after one session, right? Like you can't just use one tool for everything all the time. Right. And then send condescending text to your ex about it. See, in no, theory. you need to go back, go back to therapy. Thank go you. back to therapy. Pointed message. You know who you are. Go back, go back to therapy. <laughs> uh so uh, along the same lines, they, ha they have a common word for something called a limiting belief, right? So your limiting belief can really hold you back. So an example of a limiting belief is what if you're a professional photographer, but you're afraid of heights? Well, that means you're limited as a photographer to everything that's on the ground level. That's really going to limit you as a photographer, right? Again, they're not wrong. Where are your limiting beliefs? Amarin, you have them. I have them. We all I have, have limiting, limiting beliefs. beliefs. Yes. It, how useful to go to a seminar where you root out what some of those are, examine where they came from, and eliminate them from your thought process. That's really, really useful. I'm a yes to going to these classes, right? I think it's, you know, but again, I can, you can get this in most self-help books, but if it's a class and I enjoy it, great. No harm, no foul. So these are, but again, right? So then you're like listening to, um, you're listening to recordings of, on, on the HBO documentary of people who have left talking to people who have stayed. And I'm talking about a husband and a wife in this example, right? So they're, they like each other. They're not trying to hurt each other. The wife is saying, I'm watching people starve themselves to death in this organization. Something's really wrong. And the husband is going, mm, why are you choosing to give it that meaning? That sounds like a really limiting belief. What can you say? What can you say to that? Nothing, because it's a slippery term. It's slippery and you can you can slide it into any kind of meaning you want it to have and you never have to give an answer. Right. Like, oh, that sounds like a limiting belief. I'm going to start using that with my ex when he talks to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Take the power back, ladies. Gaslight them. OK, uh, that sounds like a limiting belief for you. That's not gaslighting. I have this problem where I think everything is gaslighting, which is. No, that actually is, though. It's what is it's it? making someone else feel crazy. Okay. Okay. So then that is guy. See, like it's, it's a little too, the definition's a little too vague for me. So sometimes I'll be like, now that was gaslighting when I'm watching a show. And then people will be like, no, no, that's just being a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're, we're hashing it out over here. I'm getting there. Yeah. You're doing yeah. great. Okay. No, I think, yeah. So, so, so all of the deeply ingrained and constantly used techniques that Nexium uses are useful base level self-examination tools. But when used constantly and overused uh, and used to slip out of personal responsibility or real discussions, they are ugly gaslighty tools, right? 
which again, I will use as a weapon from now on, now that I've realized I can do that. I said namaste. <laughs> Perfect. Also a good t-shirt option. I said namaste. I said sir. namaste, sir. <laughs> Part of namaste did you not understand? Honestly, so good. This is just a creativity chamber. Nexium's, br- you know, it's bringing out Thanks, a Nexium. good side of us, but um, it's in spite of them, not because of them. I want to be very clear. Yeah. So some of their, so those, those are terms that if you talk with Nexium people, they'll talk about the Nexium flip. They'll talk about ESP, which is executive success programs, which is their curriculum. They'll talk Mm -hmm. about your limiting beliefs. They'll talk about um, EMs, which are explorations of meaning. And that's kind of what we talked about earlier when you go like, okay, where did, okay, you think forks are scary. Where did, where's, where's your first memory with a scary fork? Again, any therapist would do this, but it's still a useful thing. So, oh, uh, here's something that I wanted to say as well. Um, oh, sorry. I'm looking at my notes. One more thing that they use constantly is the term at cause, which is a foundational kind of the base of everything we just talked about. If you're at cause, then you recognize that everything in your life you personally have caused. Another way to state oh. that, and this is one of their, you, the, you're supposed to repeat their tenets every single beginning of every meeting, which means every day of your life. And the biggest tenant that they love and repeat is, there are no victims, therefore I will not choose to be a victim. So again, this oh, is no. really useful. Yeah, no, it gets really shitty. Yeah, for sure. But at first, that's really useful, right? No, I'm yeah, the mindset is everything, good. Everything that I'm feeling is my choice to feel and I can respond a different way. Uh, I, there are no victims. Therefore I refuse to be a victim can really shift a lot of how you've seen your experiences, how you view yourself. You, it can be very empowering to pull yourself out of the victim role in a lot of scenarios in your life. Right. And to go, Oh, you know, even if this person called me a whore, I'm in charge of how I react to that. Right. Like, that's a, OK, that's a good point. I, at first, I won't lie. My brain did immediately go into like, you can't be a victim. So if I do something, it's your fault for not for not well, doing handling it well. And I'm not saying we won't get there. But the perspective that you just shared is really helpful because being able to say like, no, like I'm in control, because really what you're saying is I'm in control of my own life. Everything that's happened to me, I did. I've got everything that will happen to me. I'm in charge of that's empowering. That takes it all back to you. It's extremely empowering. And I think it's a really, again, it is a useful tool to be able to pull out when it is appropriate. And I think most of us, probably all of us in the wide world um, have a larger victim mentality than is appropriate. Of course we do. We are the center of our universes. And if things happen to us, we feel victimized by them. They feel unfair. We see the effects they had on us. We might ruminate on those effects and feel victimized, right? And there, you can probably pull half of your narrative out and go, actually, in half of this, I was not the victim. Or even if I was, I can choose not to view it that way and I can take my power back, right? That's right. That's wonderful. I love that. But what you said is where you get to very quickly, which is there are no victims. Therefore, I can punch you in the face and it's your it's yours to deal with right. because- if you're a victim, then you have already, it's your problem. You're doing things wrong if you're yeah. considering yourself to be a victim. Um, and and additionally, 
people are fucking victims. If you are walking along and somebody mugs and sexually attracts you, so sorry, you were victimized. And now you have to deal with that and you have to acknowledge that and wrestle through that. And you can set up a narrative eventually that goes, here's how I will take my power back from that situation. But to pretend that you weren't victimized by situations in which you were in fact victimized doesn't help you. It harms you greatly. Yeah, that's only painful. And it denies your experience because it's weird how important. Yeah, it's like you said, it's a tool and you can't apply it 100% of the time. You don't take a hammer and walk up to your garden and just start beating the hell out of your garden. That won't do anything, right? You get out the tool you need. You get the hoe or the rake or the shovel, right? So yeah, that is like the simplest way to explain not all of these techniques that you could totally hear to use in therapy straight up. Most of these are like they have applications, but to just be like all the time, this is the case. 100% of the time, repeat it daily. And that's that, that, that's tricky. That's a tricky move, boys. I don't like and that. And then because, because we are human, we start using it against each other because mm. these people are in a pretty insular group. They start using it more and more against each other because they are more and more personally involved with each other. Right. And then it becomes an ugly tool for abuse of each other and also abuse of your own self, right? And a lot of self-hate, which takes me to another tool that they used a lot, which is collateral. So in in the opening uh, classes of of uh, Nexium, they're big, big, big on self-discipline, right? The whole, I'm not a victim, blah, blah. So uh, something that they use right from the get-go is collateral, which at the beginning you define for yourself. And it, it is something that you use and take seriously to get yourself to your goals. So an easy example is I will work out every day. And if I don't work out every day, I'll put $5 in the I didn't work out jar. Um, but then it goes up pretty quickly to like, uh, I did not behave ethically in some way, which maybe you defined, but most of the time someone higher up in the hierarchy than you just told you you were unethical because they didn't like something, right? Like you questioned them and they were like, that was an ethical breach. And so your collateral is that if you ever are unethical, you'll sleep on your fucking floor for a week, which is a real thing that they did a lot, right? So you start getting into, again, things that at the beginning, maybe not a bad idea. Maybe you need some collateral set up for yourself that makes you go to the gym every morning because it's an outcome that you want. I'm not against that, but very quickly it gets abused and turned around and, and used as a weapon as opposed to a tool, right? So also it's, it's relevant that they're initially very comfortable with, with collateral because that comes in later. Um, so all of that is to say that's kind of the, that's the baseline of what it's like to be inside of Nexium. Lots and lots of people went through Nexium, took a couple classes, went on with their lives. But if you go up the pyramid because you want to keep learning and taking the classes and you like the culture, this is the culture that you're getting into. They do have really great stuff. They all live close together. They constantly hang out. They have classes with each other every single day of their lives. Um, they do like a, everybody in Mexican in Nexium gets together once a year for a whole week called V week, which is Vanguard week. Cause it's for his dumb birthday, but they all go to like the Adirondacks and they have like an amazing week long adult day camp where they have fun and they play. They're going to an adult day camp at the, in the Adirondacks. Now, hold on. Yeah. I told you I joined this cult. It sounds really fun. 
right? See, why are there not any groups, and we won't stay lost on this, but why are there not like adult community groups where we're not trying to hurt each other? We just want to hang out and go on like a big group trip. I have literally been trying to use Bumble BFF to do this the entire time I've been in Idaho. I'm like, guys, we can make a good commune that we don't even have to live together. We could just operate as a community. Technology is so powerful. Why do we just have to do the evil versions? Why are there not nice versions of this? I'm furious. Okay, sorry. You're I'm furious. The choir. I know. Not Rondex. Um, Mm. <laughs> I know. So, of course, you enjoy this kind of group, right? This is really fun. And now you're, and here's the other thing. What we love about cults is that they have their own inside lingo, their own inside belief system. You inherently think your belief system is better than everybody else's belief system, or you wouldn't be there and you wouldn't be paying for it, right? And a lot of what I, I appreciate about all of these uh, ideas that we just talked about that can be used for good or bad is not that the idea is new. You could get all of these techniques from a regular therapist anywhere in the world, but what you have in Nexium that you don't have in other places is a very strong network of other people who are taking the same classes and reinforcing this for you all the time. So now instead of going to therapy once a week, which is useful, you're in therapy around the clock with other people reinforcing you all day, every day. And that can feel really good or it can feel really bad depending on the direction that the group goes, right? So initially I'm all in for this cult. I love everything about it. Oh, they also have a weird secret handshake where uh, everybody, so you reach out your hand uh, where your palm is facing down and the other person's palm is facing up. Or no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You you reach out your hand. Uh, your palm is vertical. Uh, straight. Yes, yeah, straight. I'm, I'm looking at Amarin and the thing you can't We're doing it to each other because I want to be in on it. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. It's vertical. You're po- like you're going to give a sideways high five. Oh, obviously. What ver- I know um, vertical. Right. Yes. <laughs> So your palm is vertical. So our palms meet in the middle and then we turn our palms so that either my hand or Amarin's hand is on top, depending on who has the higher hierarchy in the pyramid scheme we are involved in. Are you kidding me? That's hilarious. So I want to do that with random people, but force my hand on top. You know, like, like hot hands, you know, kind of, but I'm just like smacking them down. Yeah. Played, played that <laughs> game a little bit growing up. Love that. Okay. Fun handshake. Yeah. Fun. Nice to meet Besides you, bitch. the class thing. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. I like it a lot. So, but it's a constant reminder of who is higher and who is lower in the yeah, hierarchy. It's so a constant great. reinforcer. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, so that takes us to, so that's kind of, that's what the group is like. Oh, and I'm sorry. When you leave the group, as mentioned earlier, the Bronfman's fund lawyers to go after you and just torture you for the rest of their life. Yeah. So there's really no good way to leave the group. Um, And you are labeled a suppressive, taking a page from Scientology. Uh, You're labeled a suppressive and you are referred to as having undergone the fall, which means that uh, you are, and this is a direct quote from them, a Luciferian, a lost person for whom bad feels good and good feels bad. Okay, kind of metal. I like Luciferian. That's one of the, there's a word, there's a word that I feel like they nail. So Vanguard, yeah. thumbs down. That's a dumb one, boys. But Luciferian, now 
ooh, that's seductive. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the bad thing to be. So they've kind of lost me already because I would be like, you're damn right. I'm a Luciferian. <laughs> I've gone to fall. Isn't the fall a term that Scientology uses or am I just conflating these two cults? Because I actually don't know because I haven't dived deep into Scientology. Don't worry, we will. But there I'm will sure it time. is. It's a very, I don't know what religion doesn't use the fall. So Okay. All right. That's very fair because, of course, it happens in, you know, other things as well. But just wondered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So and then lastly on that, when we're talking about their hierarchy, right, with the handshake, the other thing is they don't have a strong cult aesthetic. They're just people living their lives and they're mostly middle class white people. Um, But they are or there's a lot of rich people as well, but mostly middle class white people. Uh, But what they do have is called the stripe path. So, again, you're in this pyramid scheme and you want to always be going up the pyramid and making more and more money for the company. So you wear these. um, It's like walking around with your uh, karate belt on. Right. There's different uh, colors. So there's different colors, but it's like a sash that goes around your neck. Like when you graduate with honors from college and you get the weird little sash around your neck. I got tassels, but I love the sashes. Yeah. Yeah, same. I right? wanted a sash. I only got tassels because the sashes were for different groups of people, but are all of the like people of color that graduated from my university had these incredible, gorgeous, they were not called sashes, um, but these just like really beautiful um, pieces that they wore. And I'm a little jealous of the idea that these people had sashes. I'm so sorry. I don't know if it's like the pageant queen in me, but I love it. Same. I love it. Everybody wants a sash, right? So you've yep, got these go. sashes and the colors mean different things as you go up it, right? So it's called the stripe path because then you get like a green sash, but then you get one stripe or two stripe or three stripe or four stripe. And so you can, it's a coded way to see people and know immediately where they stand in the hierarchy, even if they don't give you a forced over the hand handshake like Amber there is will. one thing that they want and it's you to know your place okay <laughs> know your fucking place man good grief guys could you just take get off my throat for one second you know like Absolutely let me not. breathe so well not letting you breathe is kind of the goal of like they don't want you to let to let you breathe specifically that's their whole goal here so so as the group evolves and we're now coming into like 2007 2008 again the kind of the turning point for them right where they start like persecuting leavers they also develop a whole bunch of side groups so that people aren't just taking nexium curriculum they're also after curriculum all day they're now being involved in the spin-off groups for whatever specific thing that they like so there's a group called Jeunesse. that's the women group there's sop which means society of protectors which is the men's group uh there's xoso that's the yoga body class there's the source that's acting and performing there's a gajillion okay. different like little clubs you can join so now yeah. you're with nexium even more of the time and actually i wrote down a little schedule if you are in nexium you're up at 5 a.m you're teaching whatever class or participating in whichever club you are are choosing to be in. So you're teaching yoga, or you're teaching acting, or you're doing whatever. This is making money for the company. Um, then you get feedback because remember, every cult we join, you have to go to a feedback group where they tell you how shitty you're doing. Oh, yeah. Right. So then you go get feedback. Then you give free EMs, which is the exploration of meaning where you help people coming in explore their meanings and love the cult and join the cult right so you give free ems also making money for the company then you teach more classes making money for the company this is how you move up in the stripe path path but you don't get paid for it you only get paid for enrollment because it is say it again a pyramid scheme a pyramid scheme <laughs> in the shape of a pyramid 
<laughs> right. It's Not a dead giveaway, you guys. It seems like you guys aren't getting this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're, you're basically like eating in your car going between, then you have more meetings in the evening, then you have your practices for whatever group you're in. Because for example, if you're in the acting thing, you have to be practicing acting every night for whatever play you're going to put on for the other Nexium people. If you're in the society of protectors, you're pretending that you're getting ready for war to protect your women from what they never define, but. They're very strong protectors. Then you're, again, giving phone EMs to people coming into the group till usually about 2 a.m. Most people in Nexium get about four hours of sleep a night, which I think is really interesting and weird. So um, so those are just a couple. Of, so there, there are a million groups. So everybody's joining the groups. Um, there was a lot of when, when we get into the groups, they get down to like really the nitty gritty of what people really believe. And it's really interesting to watch the Jeunesse group, which is for women and the SOP, which is for men. Basically, all the women are in the women's group. All the men are in the men's group. Yeah, so super fucking mm-hmm. sexist. Right. So in Jeunesse, they learn in the curriculum that women um, are catty. Women play mind games. Women are entitled princesses. And so then again. Your practice is to go into Nexium and not be a princess and not be demanding and not tell other people what your concerns are. Because if you do that, you're being a typical stupid woman, right? So you need to shut up. You need to bear it. You need to do more work and you need to stop being a princess, right? So that's quite the mind fuck. Uh, And then that's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah. And then alternately, the Society of Protectors are learning that, you know, they've got to protect the whole world from what we're not sure, but they've got to always be on alert. And so they're really pumped up in their ego all the time because they're literally they would text each other at like four in the morning and be like, ready. And then the others would have to text back ready. So they're ready all the time. Okay, so this really is just like some dudes would want to play Call of Duty, but like it wasn't out yet. That's really what's going on here, because yeah. That's some dumb, dumb stuff right there for you to just be like, are you ready now at this time, this arbitrary time of 325 a.m.? Are you ready? These these are the exact men who would join militias, except these are men who listen to NPR. So, oh, yeah, that's fun. So they're uh, they're halfway in, halfway out. Yeah, I'm going to say something that's a little revealing about myself. And I'm going to say that I'm feeling like. Keith had some real childhood traumas or somebody that was setting up these like these groups because this is like very reminiscent of like high school. I think that Keith really hates women. I well, think he definitely didn't hates women in high school and probably mm. like for, until he became a cult leader. This guy, he's schlubby. He was not getting laid. Um, he hates women. Right. He's yeah, basically uh, what do you call those men that, you know, shoot up buildings because they never get laid. Um, white. No, Terry. <laughs> no, that's that's fair. There's a word for it, and it's just, it's. I can't remember word. the word. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, we'll know the word we're talking about. Anyway, that's that guy. Um, I think he really hates women. Well, I don't have to wonder. He says really nasty, hateful things about women constantly. Well, and he puts them in little rooms where he tells them that they're awful all the time, and and just insulates that into their brains, which also happened to me at the co-op I went to as a kid. To be honest with you, so uh, it's okay. Sure, it happens. Yeah, no, it's out there, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, yeah, he did wow. not 
and yeah, I, they weren't saying like you're. They weren't telling us all that we were like petty and we wanted to fight each other or anything like that. But they were instilling that there was there was one thing we needed to do, and it was um, not show boys too much of our bodies because uh, we should be. They would like pull the mirror up on stage and they bend over multiple ways to show us all the ways to check our outfits. And the boys got to play flag football, you know. So like. That's like a lesser evil of this. It's all on the same path, in my opinion. But Nexium is just taking it to a very direct level and being very honest about the way they actually feel about women, which no kudos for that. You guys don't get kudos for being more upfront about the hate. And when SOP once met with Janess and had a, a group like get together, okay. yeah. SOP members gave Janess members awards for trying to manipulate them with their tits basically being the most manipulative fem- females. So mm. yeah, you really hit the nail on the head on that one. Um, at this point, let's go on. <laughs> we start finding out that Keith has obviously been sleeping with both of the Bronfman sisters. Obviously he slept with Nancy before any of this even started. Now he's sleeping with Nancy's daughter. Um, he's basically sleeping with all of the women who are in the core group. They also actively recruit, uh, people who are in show business, same as Scientology, not a bad idea for your cult, but he's got Allison Mack, who was famous in Smallville. He has, um, now her name is escaping me, but it's another girl that was uh, kind of an equally famous actress with Allison Mack. They were all friendly friends. So he's got these um, young, impressionable, early 20s, famous, pretty girls, right? He's sleeping with all of them. Of course. Um, Allison Mack is kind of his head mean girl right she's so into him that she's kind of the mean girl leader right she does all his bidding and and is vicious to other women um so this is where this is starting to uh solidify as like before this he slept with lots of his core women but he um he negged them constantly he kept them separated um he didn't let them discuss it much now he's starting to be more like yeah i sleep with whoever i want but he demands that all of these women be monogamous to him so um to the point that right there is video of him explaining to groups where he is teaching nexium uh curriculum explaining to groups that uh even the idea of um having sex with children is a perfectly fine act in some country. Like the age of consent is very different in different countries. So just because sleeping with a 12 year old is bad in America doesn't mean it's bad in this other country, which he doesn't name. <laughs> um, and so any idea of sleeping with young girls is actually just, you know, a, a false belief system, right? And takes it back to the initial, you know, why would you give it that meaning when it doesn't need to have that meaning? And so basically it's okay to sleep with with children. This is, he's on video teaching this in a class, right? So you kind of see like what his attitude toward women is and children. Um, and yeah, everybody that's not look, look like him, you know, everybody that doesn't mirror his vibe back to him. He's like, oh, these people are to be used and abused. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah, not a very smart man. No, despite despite what that magazine in Australia said. Yeah, um, nope. Despite Guinness Book of World Records, which now I can't base my life on. Dot, dot, um, dot. I know. So, uh, so next, Keith, at this time, people don't know this in the larger group. But at this time, he's got, again, he's real big in Mexico. Um, and so he has a lot of families coming in from Mexico 
who, by the way, they use as their fucking housekeepers and they don't pay them. They just say that like this, this is part of your curriculum, right? Disgusting. Oh, no. Um, oh, and these are no. not poor people. These are no. people with means, but nonetheless, he uses them as housekeepers. Um, so he, he also sleeps with all the underage daughters in one particular family. Make sure he takes their virginity is like there's, this is all in, in text messages that came out in court, right? So this is not a mystery. There's no debate here. Um, and one of the girls who he was sleeping with, who was 16 years old, kissed a boy she liked. He had her locked in a bedroom in one of their houses where other members lived for two years. What? For two what? years, she was not allowed to leave this room. There was nothing two in the years? room. And every day she was required to write him a letter about how sorry she was for kissing a boy she liked because she committed, say with me, an ethical breach. So this is the part of the podcast that I was not excited to reach where things take that turn and they're not like fun anymore. And I don't feel as comfortable joking about them just being like losers that didn't have friends in high school because I thought you were going to say two weeks. I didn't. I've not heard about this before. Um that's it came out in court and it's it's a uh, very detailed in uh season two of the vow um and and the girl does speak to it herself yeah it's fucking horrible she did try to escape once but she's not a national here she doesn't have her paper she doesn't have any money like ultimately she goes back to the room because she can't oh she's not a national here okay i got yeah, it yeah she's that makes she, sense yeah, i thought you said a not a national hero and i was like well <laughs> it would be a lot to say she was a national hero but i do think she deserves some accolades jesse no okay she that makes is sense. now she is now um, yeah yeah. So again, uh, in 20, in his trial, testimony revealed that Ranieri had also convinced several girls and women during this time that, wait for it, sex with him could heal their purported disintegrations and that his semen had supernatural qualities. Yes, I have fallen for this line myself. Okay. So I was going to say, I have heard this before, like not personally, but I've heard it from, from a friend uh, that had someone that said this to her. Yeah, and this is something else we're not falling for anymore, ladies. <laughs> we're not falling for this. No. It's just semen. It's gross. Yeah, get over it. Get over it. <laughs> Trying to make it into something it's not, boys. It's just not, okay? Stop. Sidetrack. Really quick, this is a one-minute story. I have a friend who is a longtime phone sex worker. She's a dominatrix. Um, and she had this customer for many years who would call her and talk about putting his own semen in his mouth. Like that was his fantasy, but he'd never actually, yeah, super gross, super gross, but he'd never actually done it because of course. And so for years they just talked about it and she milked him for money and all of these things. Eventually she was tired of talking to this guy and she was like, you know, just do it. Just put it in your mouth. And he was like, no, 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 I can't. And she was like, it's literally in your hand. Just put it in your mouth. Do it. He was like, no, 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. And she was like, do it. I'm the boss. So he does it and he goes, ah, it's really gross. <laughs> Almost made me throw up. It's quite she's disorder. like, she's like, yeah, it's really gross. Nobody likes it. <laughs> it's really gross. And you've paid me so much money just to talk about this. See yeah, now there, yeah. thank you for that uplifting one minute story, because now I love when women example a, that was great. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> she was even as a dominatrix, she was like, I'm done. I don't want any of your money. This is ridiculous. She was uh, like, but I'm going to save story. you from yourself. Back to the story. <laughs> yes. Uh, women who were having sex with Ranieri were said to be working with him. So he did convince many, many women that having sex with him was basically him, like helping them work on their intimacy issues or, you know, whatever it was. Uh, he also claimed that women who swallowed his semen sometimes saw an ethereal blue light. 
I wonder if he literally just had a blue light and was like, click, um, click. I always hear that clicking noise ahead of time. That's strange. Yeah, it's like a cat laser pointer. Yeah, no. Yeah, and that those who refused to participate in group oral sex sessions with him were not committed to personal growth. He was obsessed with controlling women's weight to the degree that some of their fingers became stained with the color of the carrots and squash, which was exclusively what they were allowed to eat. So he's not like so, much of a nutritionist guy because that's not a great pairing of um, sustainable stuff, but that's okay. Um, no, one of one of the leaving members actually said to Allison Mack, who was getting down to being very, very unhealthily skinny, uh, said to her, you know, I, I'm really worried about you. I think that you're losing a lot of weight. And she said, well, Keith has me on a really specific calorie restricted diet. And the girl said, you know, I'm leaving because of stuff like this. I think you're, this is really unhealthy. And I don't think you look good. Um and uh, she says, well, Keith says, as long as I still have my period, it's okay. Yeah. This is a girl who has resources. She doesn't have to be there. Right? Yeah. But it's for tough for reason. me to feel bad for, it's always been tough. It's not that hard. I understand nuance again, as I say every episode, but it's tough for me with Allison Mack because I feel like you got to draw some lines with hurting other people. And I'm always kind of like, babe. Babe. No, I have no sympathy for Alison Mack because of the the actions that she takes ultimately, but it's just really stunning to me, like the the level. Again, we've said this in other shows. No snacks? No, not I'm out. I don't care if it's my salvation. (laughs) This is very close too far. No, no, no. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. So I will say this last thing. I'm just like uh, when we're talking about like shitty ways that he treats people, um, what so he had one of his most fierce uh, allies was a girlfriend. Her name was Pam K. Fritz. She died of cancer. Um, this was another he turned really mean after this. I think that this, in fact, affected him. And uh, he really gave no fucks about things after this. But she was a fierce defender of him. She really went after other women. She really kept his other girlfriends in line for him. When she died, her credit card was charged over $300,000. Also, I just watched, again, I watched season two of The Val. Nancy Salzman was saying that, so Keith would come over to Nancy's house and like sit down and make her make him breakfast every single morning. So, um, and they lived communally in a lot of their houses together. So I th- Pam was staying in Nancy's house at that point. So Keith comes in and he says, uh, hey, um, Pam, who's upstairs dying of cancer in this bedroom, um, had a little accident in the bed. So you're going to need to go clean that up after this. And Nancy's previously a nurse. So she's like, OK, I'll go deal with that right now. And he's like, no, you'll make me my breakfast right now. And she's like okay, don't, I mean, shouldn't I take care of her? And he's like, no, you'll make me my breakfast. So she makes him his breakfast. She's like, I'm going to go take care of her. She's her friend, right? She's fucking dying. They they understand that she's dying of cancer. Um, And he says, well, I'm not going to eat alone. Sit down and eat with me. So she sits down and eats the entire meal with him. And then she goes up to finally change this woman. The woman had shit herself. Like she was dying. This is the point where Nancy just takes her to the hospital because she understands that it's the end, but he let her just lay there in that because like he wanted breakfast and somebody to eat with him. Just really gross. Uh, onward. So now we get into, that's tough to hear. Yeah. Uh Oh mm-hmm. yeah. So now we come into the end of things where uh, they actually start getting in trouble and people actually start leaving because now we are coming to Doss. As soon as this girlfriend of his dies, he really goes off the chains. He's now keeping children as sex slaves in bedrooms for two years, which his other 
girlfriends collaborated with him to do because somebody had to feed her and wash her shit. Um, he now is, uh, he's decided that's not enough for him, right? So now he creates DOS. He is the creator of DOS, although he does not admit it. DOS stands for Dominus Obsequious Sororium, which again is a stupid name that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Dominus just means dominant. Obsequious means so self-abasing as to be annoying. Um, so Dominus Obsequious Sororium, a group of girls. Right. So it's like it's like it's like a group of the most annoying girls you've ever met. Yes. <laughs> not what and it is yet again. <laughs> kind of, honestly, this may be my type. I'm not sure. <laughs> Go ahead. I actually I like the sound of DOS. It sounds like a tough girl group that I'd want to be a part of. It's like a metal um, band. Yeah. It does. I it has a good ring to it if you don't read the Latin words, which don't mean anything. Um so so again, DOS is yet another pyramid scheme, and it is a group of sex slaves, defined as a group of sex slaves. That's what this is, right? So it is a group of sex slaves in a pyramid-shaped scheme for Keith Raniere. So the top slave is Allison Mack. Underneath Allison Mack is like two pretty famous, pretty cute young girls. Um, underneath them is another girl named India Oxenberg. Her mother is very famous. She's got her own uh, documentary out about this, I believe, on Stars or something. Um, also a good documentary. Um, India spent a year when she was on DOS in DOS on a 500 calorie per day diet. 500 calories a day. Oh boy. I don't and even for, want to think about for it. For the people at home, what's a normal calorie intake if you don't know? It's like 2,000, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah okay. 2,000 is, is the average and, you know, like deemed to be the healthy goal. Okay. I thought so. I don't track calories and I haven't for a long time for personal reasons. So I kind of forgot, but that is about a third or fourth, I'm sorry. Uh, can't do math. <laughs> that's about a fourth <laughs> of the of the calories you would need in a day. That's life-threatening. Yeah. That's yeah, life-threatening. Yeah. Yes, that will kill dangerous. you over time. It certainly is going to leave you unable to make good decisions for yourself. And that's, and that, that is so important. Great point to cite. I'm sure that's going to come back, but yeah, that's very important. So uh, it, within Nexium, within the DOS group, female members were called slaves. They were branded with the initials of Keith Raniere and Allison Mack. They were subjected to corporal punishment from their masters and required to provide nude photos or other potentially damaging information about themselves as collateral. Remember collateral? Comes back in the end. So here's how DOS works, right? It's a pyramid scheme. We've got Allison Mack as the top slave. He tells Allison what he wants and she sends it down the chain, Right. Also, this means that the, the slaves lower, I'm sorry to use the word slaves, but it's literally the word they use. Um, they don't know that he's in charge of this, right? Uh, so here's how it works. It's a blind pyramid scheme. So Allison Mack is at the top of it. He tells her what he wants. She goes and disseminates the information. Ultimately, what he wants is obviously for every one of these girls to fuck him. But the way that you get pulled into DOS is they come to you and they talk to you in Nexium talk and they go, hey, do you want to like really commit to your personal growth? Do you want to like really be um... so they taught they approach a woman with all the Nexium speak. You know, do you want to take responsibility for yourself? Do you want to go to greater levels of personal achievement yes obviously the answer is yes uh so then they say okay i want to approach you to be in this top secret group for the toughest of the tough girls but uh before i tell you about it you have to agree to be in it and you have to give me collateral like hardcore collateral um because you can't ever tell anybody about it so are you in or out 
right? So you have to say you're in or out before you know anything about it at all. The word slave has not been used. Well, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, and- that would get me pretty good. Yeah, that because you don't know anything except for that it sounds kind of cool. Right, right. So the collateral is um, it's the deed to your house. It's a letter you write where you say that your dad raped you when that really didn't happen. It's a letter you write that says your husband abuses your children, right? Oh. So it's like real shit that cannot come out. And you have to give that before they say what it is. You give the collateral and then they go, okay, it's a master-slave relationship. It's a downline like anything else. So you're one of my five slaves. You have to get eight slaves underneath you. And then, and also you can't know who the other slaves are, except you'll recognize each other because you wear these fucking little like handcuff necklaces, right? But you can't know who the masters are. You can't know anything else. You're just in it. And for the rest of your life, this is a lifetime commitment, which now we have collateral on you. So it's a real lifetime commitment. You are my slave. You will call me master and you will do everything that I say and you will respond to my text within like three minutes or you will have these punishments laid out for you. Right. So now they're in it. They're all unrestricted calories right away. Every single food that they put in their mouth, like three grapes. And I'm not over exaggerating that. You have to take a picture of it, send it to your master and say, master, may I have three grapes? And the master will say yes or no. And then you'll obey it. Right. Because they definitely are weighing you. Right. Um, and then it's it's that level of control with everything. And so then you are also required to go out and get slaves, whether or not you like that idea, which most people did not. Um, but the masters that, that so then you're like, well, now I have these slaves. What am I supposed to do? And they tell you, well, have them clean your house, have them run your errands, have them go get a job and give you the money for it. That's what slaves are for. And then within all of this, they're getting constantly told, send Keith Raniere more and more naked pictures of yourself because we need more and more collateral. Then they're told they're going to get a tattoo that makes them a part of the secret group forever. And then they are taken, stripped naked, blindfolded to Alice and Mac's house, and they are fucking branded, uh, which... Again, in a different situation, I would absolutely be down for cult branding. That's not, yeah. I'd do it right table. now for the commune I'm from. Nobody I mean, we talked about the it. ethics tram stamp. That's basically branding. So we're, Obviously. we're close. Ob- yeah, we're close. I'm all it. in. However, I don't want a brand that is, I don't, I never want a surprise brand. And I never want it to be drawn on me for half an hour with a cauterizing iron. Right. So these are gruesome and horrible things, but they can't say no. So all that to say, I mean, it gets fucking worse and worse and worse. Uh, Ultimately, they were planning on building a sex dungeon, which they were already ordering equipment for. And it was coming to Nancy's house, though she claims to know nothing about this. Um, They were they were ordering cages, vibrating rubber paddles and puppy plugs. Perfect for puppy play or naughty slaves. Let me just say this. If I were recruited into DOS and they were like up front, we're going to brand you and um, you're going to be in this weird open sexual relationship with like your cult leader and some of these other hot girls. I would be like, yeah, that sounds tough. That's cool. That's yeah, that. yeah. DOS. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I really would like, I I'm, I, this, the show is called cults. I would join. It's because I tend to be a cult joiner. I would, I would go for this. I would be like, yeah, I like self-discipline. I like accountability. I like a, a lifetime vow. I take those things seriously. I like these people or I wouldn't be in this group. 
And I, I definitely want like a group matching brand I'm in. However, I got to say no to slavery. Yeah. And honestly, even if I were agreeing to be someone else's slave, there's no universe in which I could then be like, and so then I have slaves. I can't do it. It's gross and weird. All right. That is Nexium in a nutshell. I couldn't do that when it was just the pyramid scheme. No, not Nexium is too intense for me in the slave category. That's where it gets out of hand for me. Um, I wish I was being facetious. So that was an, actually an honest statement. <laughs> um, that, but can you imagine like Keith Raniere's dating profile? It's like turn-ons, pyramids, triangles of all sexy kinds. Sexy about that shape. I just like it thin at the top, like and the then pyramids. it gets wider at the bottom. <laughs> oh, baby! <laughs> yeah, he's really into Don't pyramids. Get me started with pyramids. Um, yeah. So, so basically, at this, this is the point. Obviously, where things fall apart. Uh, some women, surprise, did not want to be branded, um, and they start to speak out. And then it's just a house of cards that comes down pretty quickly. So uh, everybody goes to court. Keith Raniere and his core group of women flee to Mexico. They are caught in Mexico and taken back. Uh, again, Keith Raniere, true to his form, let all the women get arrested while he hid in a closet in Mexico, but. They found him because closets are dumb places to hide. That's not a good Despite, hiding spot. Again, smartest man in the world. Um, most ethical. No, so, most um, ethical so, in the world. Yes. They have been going through court trials for the last two years. They are now all sentenced. So I'm going to read you the outcome of this, the sentences. Um, mm, everyone pled treat. guilty. And, and basically talked out, they were all facing like long amounts of, of time, basically for the sex trafficking. Um, but they all pled so that they could take sex trafficking off the table. They all got convicted of racketeering. So here's Claire Brothman uh, was convicted of fraudulent use of ID and concealing and harboring illegal aliens for financial gain. She was sentenced to six years, nine months in prison. Allison Mack, convicted of racketeering, although she was charged with sex trafficking and talked it down, convicted of uh, she got she got three years in prison. Nancy Salzman, who hang on while I pause really quick. Nancy Salzman's daughter, Lauren Salzman, slept with Keith for a couple decades. Um, completely gave her life over from college through her forties to this group. He promised her for twenty years she could have a kid because all she wanted was a kid. And then she was a little, she jumped on a guy at a volleyball game because they're always playing volleyball. Um, and he considered that to be flirting with another man, which he considered to be an ethical breach. And so he told her she now could not have a child. That was it. He was going to have a child with her. He strung her along with it for 20 years and then was like, he flirted with this guy. It was an ethical breach. No baby for you. She doesn't get to have kids. She's aged out of it. Her mom fucking fed her to him so that the dude she fucked once would still like her. Yep, that's evil. That's truly see that's that's pit of despair evil. Final layer of hell if it existed for me. Yeah. Nancy Salzman does a lot of whining about how she is a victim, ironically, in in the vow too. Uh so that's enjoyable. Um (laughs) no, we said no. We said namaste. We said namaste, Nancy. Get out of (laughs) here. Life in prison is not enough. Thank you. She was, she pled down. She was sentenced to 3.5 years for racketeering. Lauren Salzman, her daughter, also sentenced to, uh, also convicted of racketeering, but given no jail time. Uh, Keith Raniere did not plead guilty to anything. He was uh, convicted of racketeering, sex trafficking, forced labor, and wire fraud. He got 120 years in prison today. Most- 120 years? Yeah. 
That's yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, that's it's nice. not looking great for him. Um, <laughs> news people at the time who were covering this described him as looking less like the head of a BDSM sex cult than a Latin instructor at a New England prep school. Ooh. <laughs> Another another person referred to him as fleshy-cheeked, nebbishly, middle-aged guy with uh, seemingly an endless supply of crewneck sweaters. Uh-huh. Yep. Not so a that good is look. the end. That is the end of Nexium. There are a few hardcore followers who embarrassingly go stand outside his jail cell and dance for him with cell phones as lights every night. And they are trying to sue whoever they can sue. And they're just a hardcore group of followers, which is sad for them. And I also like one of the women was a successful actress and has just thrown her life down the drain to be this guy's follower. And her big beef is like, this was all consensual for me. People are so square. You know, I can have sex and be in a sex cult if I want to. And it's what I don't understand is, yes, you totally can. I totally agree with you. That would what suck is not to have clicking your sex you, cult baby? that you like What's pulled not apart clicking? just because people don't because understand it. Because the issue was like, never you like slaves. the puppy play. No, she, there's so many people doing that without anybody bothering them. I just want to be very slaves? clear. And you, and you were harboring, you, children were getting hurt. People were being held in children. rooms for two years. Yeah. no. People are so you're Nikki re- Klein. That's right. You're name. responsible for the company that you keep, Nancy and Peggy and the rest of them. Bitch, oh, you have her slaves. name really Peggy. <laughs> Is this really like the most generic female white female? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. It's okay. That's 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 totally fair. Well, um, yeah, no, it's yeah, to be very clear, changing the goalpost does not remove the fact that bitch you had slaves. <laughs> you had slaves. Okay. That's all. My cat's looking really concerned at me because I keep yelling, you had slaves. You have slaves! Which is fair. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Your cat's agreeing with you, I can tell from here. All right, so um, question number one, cult aesthetic. Mostly they just wear their own clothes. I love the handshake. I like the sashes. sashes, I like the silly Latin words. And the weird Um, handshake. I think that's kind of fun. Even if they don't mean anything, Latin is kind of not really. I don't know if you guys have heard the language is dead. Um, So I my for me, I would say these guys are probably in about four aesthetically. Yeah, I mean that's probably that. Even that's I think that's fair. It's just with the regular clothes thing. Yeah, I, I was gonna that give doesn't a five. really that doesn't reach me. Listen, if you guys would just wear that damn sparkly gold ethics tank, just a variety of dif- different shirts that say ethics somewhere on them, I honestly could get so behind that. Uh, I really yeah, do no, like it just scrawled on with a sharpie. Though. I that I will. I, I either will be uh, ordering that shirt or I will be personally <laughs> making one myself. Uh, not to overstate my skill, but I think I could do it. Um, yeah, no, it's going to happen. That Fred. should be our handmade swag. Like we should hand make that. So it's every it's single. Just us, listen, like, I promise. If someone comments, I don't know how you could comment. If you comment on our Facebook page or our Instagram and you say, "I want." And I will buy an ethic shirt. I will hand make one for you. That limit will be capped to some number at some point. Whenever, of course, we're viral. We have millions and millions of friends. Um, but yeah, limited time offer. If you listen to this and you want a hand scrawled, I will I will make some for a special order. Price, <laughs> well, $20. Dollars. Done and $20. Done. All right. So we're giving them a four, possibly double to an eight if they get on board with the right t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, they need dorky shirts. For aesthetic. All right. Cult wackadooiness. What do you say? 
I think I think they really brought they pulled it out at the end with the wackadoo. They brought it. They brought it. Yeah. Uh, this poll is go. I mean, I, I don't think this is going to surprise too many people. They have so many Netflix documentaries, not Netflix. They have so many documentaries on Netflix and otherwise at this point. Um, people clearly find it fascinating. It's a weird story. Um, probably going to give them, I'm, I'm very conservative with this. I'm probably going to give them that eight slot, maybe 8.5 for wackadooiness. I don't feel like they totally sent it. You know, we didn't hit alien status. Um but they they Nobody got died. close. They were towing the line of getting to a nine, I'd say. Yeah, I, I would give them an eight as well, partly because of the fake out at the beginning. Like, you're in suburbia. We're super square. <laughs> and just like the all the whenever this broke and it was just like a bunch of actresses from like Smallville and Hawaii and an actor from Hawaii Five-0 and just like the randomest show B list shows. And it was just the weird. I was just like, What? That feeling, I got to give them the eight just for me being so confounded when this came out. I remember so shocked. Yeah. And I didn't know what any of these actors or actresses was. And I do mean that as, as shade. Uh, you guys weren't that important. Um, so that's my last note on that. So, yeah, I give them, give them an eight. Yeah. Yeah. And she's giving you sh- shade because why? Bitch, you had slaves. You had slaves. You lost me with the held someone held a young woman captive for two years. Okay, you fully lost me on that one. Too far. All right. So here's the the question to cap off the end of the episode here, and then we'll wrap it. Amarin, would you join Nexium? I'm going to give you two Nexium versions. Nexium number one, you don't know about the slaves. Nexium number two, you have full knowledge. Okay, so I'm clearly not joining the slave knowledge one. Yeah, I think all, we could just go ahead and write it off. I'm not cool with that. Um, I will say, just speaking honestly, um, the 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 foundational element of I'm a learner. I love to learn. I know we've talked about this. So the concept of them having like these, like almost like a community of learners and teachers and these classes and stuff. If I didn't realize at first or fully grasp the class thing and just how intense they were about like, you're in a low position and I will keep you there. If I didn't realize that and all I was seeing was just like this cool learning community of like other humans, I think they could probably get me. I think they could probably trick me. I would leave. Um, I am not a person who the threat of like, well, we have this note that you wrote that says some lie on it. That wouldn't work on me. And I'm not saying that as a flex. I don't mean that. I, we're just different personality types, but I'm just not a person that that works on. I'm like, okay, so I'll just tell everybody you're lying. Like I, I also can speak truth. Like I, yeah, what no, do you that, want? that wouldn't have gotten me either. And in fact, when, when some people did break and leave, you know, they are breaking from people who were lifelong friends of theirs. And so when they broke, they were like, you know, get fucked with my collateral, but like, it'd be real cool if you actually didn't put that out. And, and the friends of theirs who had held that collateral over them to their tiny amount of credit didn't put it out. So see, and that's the human, that's like, I don't know. That's the real. This has been a fun. We've done a lot of silliness in this episode, but that's the human element of it. And like, you don't want to mock how how hard once you get in, you don't have all the info in a situation like this, even in this being a more recent cult. Obviously, when you have cults that are like before this massive surge of technology that we're living in now, it's a little bit easier to justify not knowing stuff. But in this situation, these people, they don't know that much up front. And they just see like the shiny, the good parts that they want you to lure you in. Wow, excuse me, lure you in with, and then they trap you with their mind games. But women are the ones playing mind games, though. (laughs) With their vaginas, women Um, are doing it with their breasts. (laughs) Yeah, no, they're not. 
I would say well, the, the biggest pro to me about joining Nexium is that it's like cult light, which I really appreciate. It's like you get to be in a cult, right? Like you get to wear your weird cult outfit and even get your weird cult brand and like bang the cult leader, I guess, which d- never seems like a pro to me, but I feel like it's like a necessary evil that I could like manage if I really wanted to be in the cult. Like, fine, is it Tuesday again? So I can get whatever. Depending on on the moment, I could I could get past. I would just be like, "Could you just leave on the crew neck? Just leave it on. It's fine. Just hey, could you pull just it just right over? This. Just like you're taking it off, but then maybe keep it over your head. Just stop, keep stop it right, right there. there, right there, right there. Hold, perfect. <laughs> but I can't see you. That's the idea. None of this. Yeah, <laughs> just leave. But I like that it's cult light because then even after after truly after your slave branding night, you go home. Yeah, yeah. You watch That's the Gilmore so Girls. Wild. See, this is though it does branch almost into this thing that I find very alluring: secret societies. It yes, does almost yes. feel like, kind of like a secret society. Obviously, I'm not cool with any kind of slave adjacent society. But no. the handshake, there's no clothes. Like they're they're in dis- like they're all a part of the group, but you don't know. You know, yeah. there's something very alluring about that. Like, ooh, I'm like yeah. a. A day walk. I'm the day man. I'm the day walk. That's right. Like yeah. I'm at the store getting bananas, and you're at the store getting bananas. But you're boring, and I'm a secret agent. I have a hot iron in yeah. my fridge. Okay, like that's <laughs> insane. I have a brand <laughs> on my body somewhere. You know, like oh, okay. That's this banana is my post my post branding snack, Karen. Right. It's like when they sit, what they talk about, like how a lady feels when she's wearing like a regular outfit, but she's got on her like fanciest lingerie. Yeah. I don't know why I've heard about this so much, but I've heard about this idea that you just like, you're strutting tall and you're looking good and you're just like in sweatpants because you're wearing your, your sexy lingerie. That's what they're doing, except for they're yes. in a secret evil sex cult in the, and they're just at the store with a bunch of normies, which it's the evil I do that's the love problem. feeling exceptional in this way. Yeah, no, I also love the idea that since we don't know anything about each other, in theory, they could all just be people in different cults that are dressed normally in the grocery store <gasps> and they could all be looking at each other like, oh, you're a normie, but they could <sighs> all actually be in their own little groups. And ideally, some of those groups wouldn't have slaves. Amber, next time we're in the same town, we're going to go to Target together, okay? We are. We're going to go to Target. Okay. We're going to pretend we don't know each other. Um, and we're, gonna we're just going to walk out. around. We're going to figure out who's in the sex cults. That's right. Because they're and in Springfield, Missouri... I'm looking at you guys. I know. I know you right. got some sex cult guys. You know, I know that right. some of y'all are sex doing cults. some weird stuff. And I like that. Well, I like some of it. I don't know about all of it. <laughs> I'm watching you. All right. Okay. All right. So uh, good luck to you remaining members of Nexium. I think maybe find at least a, at least a new cult to join. There's a lot out there for you. Listen to our pod. Find a better cult. You know what? Find a better cult and don't have slaves. Very important. And if you're a lady, don't, you know, if a man tells you what to eat, just bounce on him. Bounce. I'm going to be honest with you. That's a good rule. I know every episode I feel like I'm telling the ladies, like, here's another thing you should not put up with. But if a man tries to tell you anything about what you should be eating, hell no. Kick him to the curb. Put him in the room. You know, none of that. Yeah. Got a room for you, friend. Put him in a bear suit. <laughs> Put him in the bear suit. There. <laughs> All right. On that note, Amarin, you're the prettiest. I will talk to you soon. Guys, happy culting. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Peace. I said namaste. Ooh, cult I join. Ooh, cult I join.
If you are loving Cold Side Join and want to help us share the fun, here are some actions you can take. Subscribe and share the show on any podcast platform. Rate and review us on Google. This keeps us visible and gives an angel its wings. Or at least that's what our guru says. Follow us at ColtsideJoin on the .com, the Facebook, and the Insta, and then hit us there with all your comments, discussions, and questions. We really do love hearing what you think. Finally, a huge thank you to our co-creators. Editing and post-production is by DeverWeb, and the biggest thanks to the incomparable Miss Devin Spruill, our theme song creator and performer. You should go soak up her music right now. And that's it, y'all. Thanks for listening, and happy culting! Cult side join.